Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband, Jed. I hope you will join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Grunwald with Hunter Row Real Estate and I'm here with my friend Erica. And we know each other um, a couple different things. We go to the same church. I got to help her and her husband buy their first house, which was so much fun. We're in small group together. And she even gave me the best gift ever postpartum, which was to watch our puppies while we brought home our little baby to give us a little time to adjust. So this is my friend, Erica, and I'll let her just share a little bit about herself, but essentially she is a a vet. And so I asked her to come to talk with us today, just about everything pets, because she's passionate about pets and knows quite a bit. So Erica, tell us a little bit about you. Thanks, Ashley. Yeah. So, um, I moved here. I guess it's been like six years now um, uh, from New Jersey. And I I came here to go to NC State Vet School. So I've been out for two years. But before then, I was working as like a veterinary technician. And so I think I have about 10 years um, under my belt in this field, but two of those years being a veterinarian. Me and my husband have been married for almost a year, which is exciting. It's a year, November 30th. So good things. That's That's been really exciting. Um, and we have one dog. His name's Finley. I have brought him into our marriage, <laughs> but he has really taken to Bryce. And I think that since Bryce, Finley's had like such a great life because you'll take him hunting with him and just lots of outdoor things. But yeah, so that's, that's just a little bit about me. Awesome. Well, it's so funny because I have to say, and I hope that nobody's hurt by this, but I am not a huge pet person. <laughs> this is why I asked you to talk about this because you are, and you love animals and I see your heart for them and my animals love you so much but I've heard a couple of my friends um say you know we're thinking about getting a dog or we're thinking about adding you know a member to our family and it's going to be a dog you know all these things just recently so I have to be very careful because I can be like oh gosh are you sure you have the time for it? The commitment is big. How old are your kids and who's going to be taking care of them? So my first question to you, Erica, is what pets do you recommend for a busy family? Sure. And so I think that if we're thinking about like pets in general, that's different than like a dog or a cat even, right? So like, I'm not like super well-versed or knowledgeable in like the exotics and things like that. But I have heard that like bunnies or fish, even rats are like really friendly. Um, I know some people might think like hamsters are super cute, but hamsters are actually, they don't have like the best attitudes. Um, so yeah, like maybe like a small rodent and just making sure that like husbandry is good. And But they're otherwise like pretty low maintenance. But I think that even just like a fish would be a, a really good pet um, if you're super busy and you're concerned that you want to give like your, your pet like the best quality of life possible. So I think that that's something to consider. Well, I love that idea with a fish because you could even build up from a fish too, especially if you have kids. So if you're wanting them to learn responsibility of like, you've got to feed the fish. And if you don't, what happens? And kind of teaching that from a responsibility standpoint, if that's what a, a family is trying to work into their, you know, kids character. That's a, that's a really great idea. The other question I had for you is what needs do pets have that are often neglected as a vet? I'm sure you're seeing people bring in animals that 
things that could have been prevented. So what can we be doing as pet owners to protect and take care of them? Yeah. And this is the one that, this is the question that really like kind of hits home for the things that I really was hoping to talk about too. So um, it's a great question. So I feel like sometimes, um, you know, a lot of the preventative care stuff um, kind of flies off the radar a little bit. You know, a lot of people will be great about bringing their pets in when they're puppies or kittens with, you know, the initial vaccines and things like that. But sometimes then we'll kind of lose them a little bit. So one of the things that really passionate about being a general practitioner is preventative care, um, mm -hmm. especially, but, and I know most people are fine with like the flea and tick prevention, right? Especially since you can get those over the counter. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to see your vet in order to get those things, but heartworm prevention is really important. And I feel like people can be a little bit disconnected from that because like you don't see heartworms, you don't you know, like know what is really going on, but like you see fleas and ticks and you know that you don't want them on your pets or in your house. Right. So heartworm prevention is really important because heartworms are transmitted by mosquitoes and mosquitoes are kind of just everywhere, especially like in North Carolina, even at the end of October, I was sitting outside getting eaten up by mosquitoes. So that's one of the, the needs I feel like gets a little bit neglected sometimes. And I don't know if it's just, you know, people just don't know about it maybe, or they don't know how important it is. Um, but I've had several heartworm positive dogs come in to see me probably within the past month and a half. And so that's really sad because it's totally preventable. And is it treatable once you, they come in with it? Yeah. So it is treatable. Um, but the treatment that is like the best treatment for heartworm disease, it's very expensive and it's also very painful and uncomfortable for our pets. Okay. So then there's like the, there's like a secondary kind of treatment. That's not really a treatment, but you basically, you know, keep your dog on heartworm prevention and wait for the heartworms to just kind of die off. Um, but there are a lot of risks in that. And so that's one of the things really heartworm prevention. The other thing that I feel like oftentimes gets a little bit neglect neglected is dental care. And so a lot of times, you know, we don't think about our dog's teeth until their breath smells really bad. And unfortunately, by that time, you know, typically some, some teeth might need to come out. And so just like you or I would go to the dentist twice a year, um, or at least we're supposed to, right? Just think about our pets that, you know, they're really not getting their, their teeth brushed every single day and they're not really going to the dentist like us right and so you know just they're building up lots of nasty stuff in their teeth so we recommend doing like annual dental cleanings so at least once a year getting your dog's teeth cleaned it can be a little bit overwhelming for owners because it is something that needs like general anesthesia so they do get you know put to sleep for it for a short period of time but the sooner we get to clean their teeth like earlier on in their lives, like the less severe the disease. And so, you know, we see a lot of success with pets that are coming in on a regular basis, just getting their teeth cleaned and not running into those issues where like the, the teeth are rotting out of their mouths. I've had a couple dogs come in and the owners have said like their dogs just aren't eating and they'll go up to their, their food and they're interested in their food, but they pick it up and they drop it because it hurts to chew. And again, that's part of preventive care too. So um, that's just another kind of thing to, just to keep in mind. And I would say if for the little dogs, especially the little dogs, especially they can just, 
develop some pretty gnarly dental disease pretty early on in their lives. So starting it sooner for the for the little guys and just, you know, having that something done once a year if you can. I think that that's a great thing to do. Well, we learned that early with our little Hershey. She a small dog and we took her in and they're like, oh gosh, she needs some teeth pulled and some a cleaning program. Like and that before we had children and I thought I'm going to start brushing her teeth on a regular basis, which happened for a short period of time. And then we had children and that got neglected, but definitely see, have seen that. And that breaks my heart, even though I'm not a pet person, I still feel empathy and sadness for these things. Like you said, that are preventative that we can. So knowing this before you get a pet, and, and maybe talking to your kids about it. Like there's things that you have to do to take care of pet. They're not just for playing with, but we have to take care of them really well too. So I think these are good, really good discussions for parents to have with their kids, maybe before getting their kid a dog at Christmas time, which there may be a lot of kids out there getting one for Christmas this year. So what are important things to watch for when caring for a pet? You, I mean, you've talked about dental hygiene. So if we smell some things out of their mouth, that's a good indicator. But like you talked about, I think the heartworm was a great example. It's not something you physically see with your eyes, so it can get neglected really easily. What are some important things that we can watch for to make sure we're taking care of our pets? Yeah, sure. So I think that really just, you know, knowing your pet is really important. And a lot of people obviously know their pets really well and spending time with them and just like being in tune with them and observing their habits, what's normal for them. So just any real, I know this is going to sound pretty vague, but like deviation from normal, you know, even at the, the most subtle thing. And we have people that come in and they're like, well, this is just a little odd. I might be overreacting. And I'm like, I would rather you overreact than let something sit for several weeks. And now, you know, Fluffy is in pretty, you know, bad shape or something like that. So I know it's a really simple kind of response to that question, but any deviation from your, your pet's normal behavior, appetite, their energy level, you know, just kind of a very broad, I know it's a very broad response, but it's, it's the truth. It's just like any, any little subtlety that you notice is, is worth mentioning. One, another example for us was like her, she started to pee, you know, she's well past potty training years for her. She's an older dog and then just started to pee on the floor. And so that would be an example of like, that's a deviation from normal. So once we did take her in, it was like she had a UTI. So now it makes sense why she was peeing on the floor because she was, you know, needing to go out more often because she had this infection. So I think that's a good example of like, just don't brush it off as that's unusual. Say that's unusual. Let's go have it checked out. Right. right. Another example is actually my, our dog. He one morning went number two outside and he went like pretty quickly. And usually like he takes his time and um, maybe won't go until like later on in the day. And then he ended up having like, like a gastroenteritis, like inflammation of his GI tract or something. Um, I think he may have just like, pick something up outside um, or whatever, but it just kind of progressed and he was just, he was having accidents and everything. And Bryce told me, he was like, you know what? I did notice that the other morning, as soon as he went outside, he went potty and that's not normal for him. That's so good to just make sure we're paying attention to that. And again, I will say just as a mom of three and having two dogs, like I'm not noticing those things as often because they're just not my focal point. So again, a good conversation to have of like, are we, is there old enough kids that can pay attention to these things and make sure that 
they're watching and caring for the pet. So here's another question for you. Why do you think animals are a healthy part of the home? Because I really do see the benefit, even though I'm not, you know, don't have a huge heart for animals. I do see benefit, but I'd love to hear from a professional to say, what are some reasons why it's a good part of a home? Sure, sure. And I think you kind of uh, brought this up already, but like teaching responsibility, I think mm -hmm. that they're like, our pets are really great tools in, in that. I also see, you know, people like gathering around their pets, you know, doing things, doing activities, like especially if you've got a dog that requires a little bit more maintenance regarding like exercise and things like that, like getting outdoors, you know, getting some fresh air, taking your dogs on walks, hikes. Um, it's just good for you too, right? It's exercise for you as well. But yeah, I just, I feel like, you know, people tend to gather around their pets and also, I mean, this is just kind of outside of my professional career, just my personal experience, like growing up, you know, just as a kid, whenever I felt like, you know, in, in my teenage angst or something like that, like, oh, like, I just feel like everything's against me. I always had my dog, you know, mm -hmm. I always had something, you know, I could come back to him and snuggle with him and, and they just are really great emotional support, you know, and so just for any age you know, kids, adults, you know, they're just, they're always there to offer some snuggles, to offer an escape, to say, okay, I have to walk my dog right now. I just need to, to get outside. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think that, you know, they are a, a really good gathering port, a point for family. And it just, yeah, they're just really great emotional support for, especially, you know, especially kids too. Like I said, like being a teenager or, you know, having those times when you feel like you might just feel alone or, mm -hmm. you know, you're dealing with stress from school, but you don't feel comfortable talking to your parents about it, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Everyone's situation is different, but just being able to come home and like love on your animals, I feel like is very valuable. And I think that's Jed's vision for our family with our pets is that he had that as a little boy, just very connected to his dog. And so he wants that for our kids. And I love and respect that for sure, because I think there is something valuable about that. And then I don't know the stats on it. You may, but it seemed from my understanding is just kids exposure to an animal at an earlier age that's in their home, like they're more comfortable around other animals and don't have fear around dogs. I know I've experienced that personally, just our kids are not afraid. And I see some of our friends who don't have dogs in their home are afraid of dogs when they come in contact with them. So I've found that it's just been helpful in that regard, just the exposure. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's something to be said too, where it's uh, beneficial to have your kids not be afraid of dogs, but also just like teaching like, hey, you can't go up to every single dog at the same time. Right. You know, yeah, I think that having uh, a dog in the family, well, I'm, and this is one of the questions, but I just love dogs. I know that some people might say kind of exotic animals as far as like what their favorite animal is, but I'm just pretty much, you know, very simple. I love dogs. And I think that having, you know, a dog in the house is just, has just been such a, a great thing for at least our family right now. So would Bryce say the same? He would say the same. He gives me the, a hard time with like saying like, oh no, he's your dog. Dog, but you know every now and then I'll find him snuggling and he'll be like oh your daddy's boy and you know so <laughs> but he well, does he absolutely loves family I loved when you watched our dogs and you and Bryce said no dogs in the bed and our dogs are small but when he came in and said where are the kids and you're like giggling because Hershey's under the covers with you it's so yeah. funny so if you could have would you have more dogs 
I know you said your favorite pet's a dog. Would you have more than Finley? You know, actually, that's that. I I feel like oh, I had a feeling that this question was going to come up. And and to be <laughs> totally transparent, honestly, probably will end up happening that we'll get another dog. But there there's a lot that we're exposed to in like the veterinary profession, you know, in in this field. And I I don't know if it's I don't you know, think I'm really experiencing like compassion fatigue or like emotional fatigue or anything like that um, already. Um, it's, I've only been out for two years, but you know, there's just been a, you know, sometimes it just gets so sad when you're there for other families that are, you know, dealing with having to put their pets to sleep. And I'm so grateful that I get to be a, a part of that and like support them through that process. But I'm like, gosh, you know, just being exposed to it all the time. I'm like, do I want to like continue exposing myself to that in, in a more personal way you know but and I so I told Bryce I was like I don't know like I, I think I'm gonna need a break a little break after you know Finley goes but um realistically we'll probably get another job and I just had a couple other questions about that that some other people may also have I mean I've definitely we have two so we started with one and got a second and my husband being the dog lover kind of convinced me that it's good for a dog to have a playmate is there, and then even when we talked about rehoming one of them, mm -hmm. um, we had even gotten thoughts of like, we are t you wouldn't necessarily want to separate them or to take one away from the other. So any thoughts on that from a professional standpoint? Yeah, I think it, uh, I think it could definitely be stressful. Like, first of all, like rehoming a pet that you've had for a long time could definitely be stressful. Separating the dogs, it also just depends on like how well they get along. Right. Um, so if there are dogs that just typically tend to just kind of tolerate each other or just kind of avoid one another, it might not make that much of a difference. But I do feel like just kind of from what I know from like Hershey and Charlie, you know, that they have a, you know, a pretty good relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and so if that, you know, were to ever be a case for somebody, I would say like trying to move both of them together. You know, yeah would be a good thing. And another thought that I had, which this I think is hilarious again, before kids, but Charlie has lots of energy and would run around all day if you let him. So we had a treadmill and Jed's like, I think he'd listen to, I don't know, the dog whisper or something. And he's like, I'm going to teach him how to run on a treadmill. And so we have videos of Charlie, like jump up on the treadmill and get up and he would run and we get that thing going. And it was hilarious, but I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, but it was like a way for him to get exercise and get some energy out. And it was in our house. And that's so funny. Yeah. Only, obviously is safety. Like, I don't know, like, but I mean, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. I think like you said, you have to know your pet and our, ours is very at, like he was just functionally really capable and would jump yeah. up on there and get him going. It was funny. It was like, the laughing stock of our friends when they'd come over to watch Charlie run on the treadmill. <laughs> but so just a couple other questions before we wrap up, but what is your recommendation for pets with families, with kids? I mean, you definitely have, a, you love dogs. So I think you're going to lean that way. We talked about some lower maintenance type of animals. Any others that you would recommend outside of those? Yeah. So, and um, I didn't mention cats because I've like, personally, I just didn't grow up with cats. So the only experience that I have working with cats really was when I be like, was a, you know, veterinary technician and when I became a vet, but you know, I, I have seen a lot of fam families with cats um, and they love them. I think that, you know, they also make great pets. They are probably, I would say a little bit less maintenance, I think, than dogs, as far as maybe like attention goes for most 
felines, mm-hmm. uh, but they definitely have their quirks too. Uh, so that's just something to consider. But I feel like if there's, you know, taking, you know, your dog out for a walk multiple times a day, especially like if you have, if you, you're wanting to get a really young pet, like, a puppy, you know, puppies are like babies versus kittens, right? You can literally, they, they're trained in the litter box and things like that. So if you're looking for another pet for a family with kids, I think kittens are fun too and, and lower maintenance than like a puppy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then would you, I mean, we have gotten ours as rescues growing up. We got like a, a golden retriever that was a thoroughbred. So totally different experiences, but any thoughts on rescue animals or if a family's thinking about getting a pet, how to go about that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I have a heart for rescue. I, I feel like probably most veterinary professionals will say like, you know, you know, rescue your dog. Um, I do know that some people just really love certain breeds of dogs too. Um, so I don't think there's any shame, you know, in, you know, purchasing a pet from a breeder, things like that. But I do think that having, you know, rescuing a dog, it also just like, it gives you a lot of flexibility in like, what age do you want your, you know, the dog to be like, what kind of demeanor, a lot of these, you know, a lot of dogs, I mean, you can still find puppies that need to to be rescued for sure but just depending kind of on the the age that you're looking for the level of training already done versus required you already kind of they the rescues already have an idea as to like their just personality so i feel like you might be able to find a better match for you and your family by rescuing a dog because you've got a lot of unknowns already figured out versus you know, purchasing a, a puppy and then you're like, oh, I don't know what kind of dog you're going to turn out to be. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be a troublemaker or, I mean, and sometimes, you know, the breed is a little giveaway, like as far as like their energy and things like that goes. But um, you, there's just a lot of unknowns that have been like cleared up already when you're going through the rescue process. Is there anything that you would just caution people with a rescue from previous trauma or issues from the home that they were in previously abuse or anything like that yeah so um and again like a lot of like the the rescues have already kind of figured this out mm-hmm. so that's something that you know that's just a discussion that they can have and in and, and trying to figure out like what's the kind of best step for you know the pet and for the family if you know in deciding on whether or not you think you really have enough time and resources to you know do behavioral training if it is that severe but you know in in some cases just with some patience and and of course like training and things like that you know with pets that might have previous trauma and and a lot of fear um you can kind of you know they can really warm up to you and it's it's pretty incredible to see some dogs that have come from you can tell pretty terrible environments that have been rescued and they're traumatized and you know six months to a year later, they're just living their very best life. And it's, it's incredible. So it's not impossible. But if you feel like you're facing a really difficult case, then you just have to like, realistically ask yourself, like, can we do this, you know, the way that it should be done? And would you recommend obedience school? We did that with our golden retriever growing up. Dad and I didn't do that with our, no, we did it with Hershey. We did like a a training school do you recommend that for pets? I think that um, I think that basic obedience training. Um, you just want to do your research. Yeah. You know, 
basically. Definitely want to do your research. Ask your vets about, you know, trainers and things like that. Um, I think it's it's a good foundation. Um, there are also kind of resources where you can, you know, work, work with your pet in training. Um, it really, again, depends on the, like the personality of the pet too. But yeah, I'm pretty pro obedience training. Okay. Awesome. I think my last question, unless do you have anything else that you just want to share with homeowners or people considering pets before we end our time together? If I could have a, if I, if I could have a pet, I put a beagle like, (laughs) I don't know. I just have a heart for those little hound dogs. They're just so sweet. That's awesome. So I would just say, I think you you touched on it, but rehoming, I think nobody wants to talk about that and it's heartbreaking. Would you have any advice or thought, and you already gave some tips of like maybe keeping the dogs together if they have a, a bond um, versus separating, but if a family is considering rehoming, any advice or thoughts for them? For a family that's considering rehoming, I would say just you know, making sure that wherever you're going to rehome your pets to, and I'm sure this would would be the case, but just really like making sure it's a good fit for them and you know, your pets. And so, you know, you can probably gather an idea as to what kind of environment they would thrive in versus not. Right. And then also like considering too during that transition period um there are some like behavioral support supplements so just you know just just kind of saying like just taking a lot of things into consideration and and not just like moving them on to um, you know but yeah i think that that's that just really considering like the next family or you know wherever they're going to go next and making sure that it's it's the really the best thing for them yes well thank you for your time and will you tell everybody where you work so if they did want to bring their pet to you specifically where are you at and how can people get in touch with you sure yeah so um i work at uh, the banfield in south point durham so there are a few different banfields in durham but i work at the one right next to south point mall they have been wonderful the support staff the other doctors i just uh, we just had a, a doctor's meeting last night and i just can't like express how much i love them and how appreciative i am for them and and, and the environment that they've cultivated awesome so banfield at south point that's great Well, thank you for your time. We're out of time, so we'll um, wrap up. But if you have questions for me or Erica, reach out. We'll be happy to answer them. Even if you didn't get to watch this video live, you can send us a message in the chat and we will follow up with you. But thanks again, Erica, and I'll see everyone next week. Yeah, thanks, Ashley. See See ya. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend. Subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.